but I'm just a rock chick. I would describe my music and my sound as Avril The best damn thing. <laughs> Welcome to the first official episode of the Best Damn Avril Lavigne podcast, a facts and trivia-based podcast about Canadian pop singer Avril Lavigne. I'm your host, Andrea DeFrancesco. The first official episode of the Best Damn Avril Lavigne podcast starts with Avril's life before she was the famous pop-punk princess we all know and love today. In this episode, we'll learn about how Avril got her start in music, as well as her early life growing up in a small town in Canada. Before I jump into my facts, I just want to kind of give a little bit of a disclosure that I think at some point I will do a whole episode with just general facts and trivia about Avril, and I don't want to repeat myself. So there's going to be, you know, some facts and trivia about, you know, her life and stuff growing up, but I definitely want to save some other kinds of those sorts of facts for a future episode that will be more like general facts and trivia about her. So if you think that there's like anything missing here, just know that it will probably most likely be included in a future episode. So with that, let's jump into the facts about Avril before she was famous. Avril's full birth name is Avril Ramona Levine. She was born on September 27, 1984 in Belleville, Ontario, Canada. She is of French-Canadian descent from her father's side and English, Scottish, and German descent from her mother's side. According to the French blog Passion Genealogy, translated as Genealogy Passion, from Avril's Wikipedia page, her paternal grandfather was Maurice Yves Levine, who was born in St. Jerome, Quebec, and was a member of the Royal Canadian Air Force. He then married Lucie Zerbicki, a French native of Morong in France in 1953. Their son, Jean-Claude Levine, was born in 1954 at RCAF station Grotesquin, near Grotesquin, Lorraine, France. When Jean-Claude was a child, the family moved to Ontario, Canada, and in 1975, he married Judith Roseanne Judy Lachaw. Jean-Claude, who is called John, and Judith, who is called Judy, are Avril's parents. She has an older brother, Matt, who is older by two years, and younger sister, Michelle, who is younger by three years. At the age of five, her family moved to the small town of Napanee, which had a population of only 5,000 people at the time, and they lived on Angus Drive, which inspired the title of her first EP, released on January 5, 2003. She began singing at the age of two when she came home from church, singing Jesus Loves Me, at that point, her mom knew Avril would be a singer. She began performing at the age of seven, singing in church, school, and local fairs and singing contests. She sang her first solo at age 10 at a Christmas cantata, singing the gospel hymn, Near to the Heart of God. You can actually find a video on YouTube of this performance. As a child, she took piano lessons for two years and taught herself guitar at around age 10 or 12. Avril herself has actually said different ages in different interviews. She also learned how to play the drums as a child, and the first chord she learned to play on the guitar was G. As a teen, Avril's father turned their basement into a music studio with a guitar, bass, keyboard, drums, and microphone so Avril could practice daily. He would also purchase karaoke tapes of the latest country songs so Avril could practice or perform to them. Her father was also a lover of music and played bass at Third Day Worship Center in Kingston, Ontario. Avril also participated in community theater as a child, once playing the role of Sally Brown in You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown. When she was 14 years old, she auditioned for a no-budget production called Discovering Emma, a video of which can be found on YouTube. Before discovering the rock and pop-punk music she would later be known for, Avril initially listened to country and gospel music since that was all her parents would allow her to listen to. Her early influences included The Chicks, formerly known as The Dixie Chicks, The Beach Boys, Shania Twain, and The Beatles. 
In high school, she discovered rock and punk bands like Green Day, Blink-182, Radiohead, The Distillers, and The Cranberries, as well as Alanis Morissette, who would serve as a big influence on her first album. Avril wrote her first song at around age 12 or 13 called Can't Stop Thinking of You. While she has never officially recorded or released the song, she did sing a brief clip of it during an interview with the Toronto radio station Kiss 92 FM in 2002, which can be found on YouTube. In January of 1999, Avril was approached at the age of 13 by a local folk singer named Stephen Med after seeing her in a performance with the Lennox Community Theatre to sing on his album The Quinty Spirit, where she sang a Christian folk song called Touch the Sky. She nailed the song in one take. She also sang backup vocals on another song called The Quinty Spirit. She sang two more gospel-inspired songs for his 2000 album My Window to You called Temple of Life and Two Rivers. On May 6, 2021, Stephen Med uploaded never-before-seen footage on YouTube from his personal archives of Avril rehearsing a song he had written called Nothing Left. In the description of the video, he wrote, This video was recorded in the basement of Avril's house on April 17, 1999, as part of the Quinty Spirit CD project. Regrettably, the song Nothing Left, as sung by Avril, never made it to the studio because of budget constraints. The video is important archival footage showing the typical way in which Avril familiarized herself with the songs I had written for her. Her dad, John, learned bass for all the Quinty Spirit CD recordings. I worked with John and Avril at my home in Napanee or at their house. After securing a few professional recordings under her belt by the age of 14, Avril entered a local radio contest to sing on stage with Canadian country star Shania Twain. Entrants had to submit a recording singing Shania's song, What Made You Say That? Avril's last-minute submission was chosen as the winner to perform the song with Shania in front of 20,000 people at the Corral Center in Ottawa. Avril told the audience and Shania that she wanted to be a famous singer, and a few years later, Avril ended up playing a sold-out concert in the same arena. Avril's mom once mentioned that Avril went through a brief phase where she no longer enjoyed singing. It was the Shania Twain contest that re-inspired Avril to do music again. When Avril was 15, she was discovered by her first manager, Cliff Fabry, while singing country covers in a Chapters bookstore in Kingston, Ontario in December 1999. Footage of Avril's performance can be found on YouTube. Fabry sent out VHS tapes of Avril performing in her parents' basement to several industry prospects, and she was visited by several executives. Mark Jowett, co-founder of a Canadian management firm, Network, received a copy of Avril's tapes and arranged for her to work with producer Peter Zizzo during the summer of 2000 in New York where they wrote her first professional song called Why. In November 2000, Ken Krongard, an A&R representative, invited Antonio L.A. Reed, the head of Arista Records, to Peter Zizzo's Manhattan studio to hear Avril sing. So at this point of her career, the story of how things unfolded starts to get kind of wonky because there are different versions of events that were told, both by Avril herself as well as Cliff Fabry and L.A. Reed. And in all honesty, it could probably be its own episode. But the following is the story Avril has always told in interviews about how she got a record deal. She sat on a stool and sang three songs during her 15-minute audition, including Why and two other unknown country songs. L.A. Reid was so impressed that he immediately signed her on the spot to a two-album record deal with Arista worth $1.25 million, plus an extra $900,000 for a publishing advance, totaling over $2 million. She officially signed the contract in November 2000, shortly after turning 16 years old. She then dropped out of high school in order to work on her debut album. She was supposed to have continued her education on the road, but didn't. Avril was put up in a Manhattan apartment along with Cliff Fabry and her brother Matt, who served as a chaperone and got extra school credit for doing so. 
The story Avril has always told is that L.A. Reid came to hear Avril sing a few days into her trip to New York, but other sources have claimed L.A. Reid visited her on a separate trip. This would appear to line up with the events previously mentioned, where Avril first went to New York in the summer of 2000, then returned in November when Ken Krongard invited L.A. Reid to hear Avril sing. Both Avril and L.A. Reid have said how L.A. was in a bad mood before hearing Avril sing, but then immediately changed his mood after her audition. Avril's band was chosen by Network and were mostly members of the Canadian punk rock band Closet Monster. They wanted young performers who were up and coming from the Canadian punk rock scene who would fit with Avril's personality. Evan Taubenfeld, the only American member of Avril's band, was approached by an A&R person to audition. Now, here is the version of events as told by Cliff Fabry, Avril's first manager. In March 2017, Cliff Fabry uploaded never-before-seen footage from the making of Avril's first album and wrote posts on his blog explaining that a fallout had happened between them. At the time, Cliff was also managing another band who duped Avril and her family into believing that Avril was being taken advantage of, which led to the Levines cutting ties with Cliff. But they realized the truth too late, and as a result, a contract was drawn prohibiting Avril or Cliff from ever speaking of one another, which is why Avril has never mentioned him being part of her early career. Cliff Fabry claims that he negotiated for Avril to co-write on all the songs on her debut album, as well as to receive a writing credit on the B-side Breakaway simply for recording it. He also claims that he convinced Arista to let Avril do guitar-driven pop music. Cliff also wrote in the descriptions of his videos as well as his blog posts that Avril wasn't getting along with her mother at the time, which is why her brother came with them to New York instead, and that Avril smoked pot. Avril has never publicly commented on any of the above claims. So, the story of how Avril became famous is debatable because obviously the only people who really know the truth are her and the other people who were involved. I definitely think that it could be a little bit of both. I think that, you know, when Avril was, you know, blowing up really big and people were asking her, like, how did this whole thing start? It sounds much more sensational to say like, oh, I just happened to be on a writing trip and like three days later, L.A. Reid came to hear me sing and he was so impressed. He signed me on the spot. You know, it just sounds like a more interesting story. She always kind of would say like, oh, I was just this 16 year old kid and, you know, I was standing up to the record label telling them that I wanted to write my own music and I had my own style and image and all this stuff. And, you know, it sounds kind of unbelievable. But then if you also read some of the stuff that Cliff Fabry has written, basically, if you just Google Cliff Fabry, you will probably find his blog and stuff where he's like written all this stuff. I think if you read some of his posts, they really just sound, um, I don't know, he sounds quite unhinged in a lot of the stuff. Like like I said, this could be its own episode, like all the ridiculous stuff that he's written about Avril like 15 years later, like just all of a sudden he was like writing all this stuff about her and it was, it was very strange. And some of the stuff that he writes just seems kind of like unhinged and like, I don't know. I think he comes across as kind of bitter. Like he like he kind of comes across as like as if he expected to get all of this credit for like helping Avril become the big star that she did. But like because there was like this fallout between them, it never happened. Like they never spoke of each other and stuff. Some of the things that he would write, like it was like he was trying to make her look stupid or like talking about like the relationship that she had with her mom at the time and like smoking pot and all this stuff. I think he was trying to make her look bad and be like, I'm the one who swooped in and saved her from becoming like a juvenile delinquent by giving her this music career and whatever. So I, I don't know. I think the truth is kind of somewhere in in between as it usually is. Like there's, you know, two sides to every story and the truth is usually somewhere in between. 
I think that it is true that Cliff probably did a lot of the negotiating for Avril to get like the type of record deal that she got, like to get something that good for being an unknown artist and to be able to write on every song and to be able to like do the type of music that she wanted and dress the way that she wanted and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, I also think that some of what he's written could probably be taken with a grain of salt because, you know, no one really knows the exact truth except the people involved. So I just think that it's a really interesting thing to kind of like analyze because like there's been different versions told, like as I said in the beginning, there's been different versions told by, you know, Avril, LA, Cliff. So I just thought it would be kind of interesting to mention here because this is kind of the whole point of this podcast. So some other interesting facts about Avril before she was famous. Before she became famous, her mother made her attend a Britney Spears concert so she could see other people perform. So this is especially interesting because when Avril first came out on the scene, she was very... I don't think she herself was the anti-Britney, but the media kind of stuck that label on her. And she was always very about like, oh, you know, I just I love rock music. Like she was trying to kind of get like cred in the rock industry and stuff and saying that she had ever seen Britney Spears perform would have definitely like deterred from that. It's unclear exactly when this would have been, but it probably was sometime before Avril got her own record deal. So this would have been like 1999-2000, which was Britney's like baby one more time, oops, I did it again era. So I could sort of see that happening because Britney was a little bit more like innocent back then. It was like before the I'm a slave for you kind of era. But it's just kind of funny that Avril attended a Britney concert and then there was all this like anti-Britney rhetoric surrounding Avril when she was starting her own career. As a child, Avril was often bullied in school and would get into fights with the other kids. She was eventually transferred to a Christian school. For high school, she attended Napanee District Secondary School, which has a photo of Avril hanging in the hallway. Avril began skateboarding while bored at her family's cottage during the summer between 10th and 11th grade. Though Avril has said she had friends from all different groups in school, she hung mostly with the skaters, an image that would carry over to her debut album. Her favorite subjects in school were music, drama, and physical education. And the last interesting fact that I have about Avril before she was famous is that she took a class in school for classical guitar and received a failing grade of 48. So that's particularly kind of funny just because obviously later on she would go on to have a career in music and part of what she does is play guitar. That wraps up this edition of the Best Damn Avril Lavigne podcast. If you want to learn even more interesting facts about Avril, look for a future edition of this podcast where I'll discuss general facts and trivia about the pop punk queen herself. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. If you enjoyed this episode, tune in next week for episode two, which will cover facts and trivia all about Avril's debut album, Let Go. Do you know which song made the final cut of the album first or which song was almost turned into a movie? Find out next time on the Best Damn Avril Lavigne podcast. The Best Damn Avril Lavigne podcast is hosted, produced, and edited by Andrea DeFrancesco. Theme music is HD and Lights by J. Powell Flicks. Follow the latest podcast news on Instagram at Best Damn Avril Pod or email Best Damn Avril Pod at yahoo.com.